Praise the Lord. Tonight, I will first of all take my reading from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. And I'd like us all to follow me as we read this passage of the scripture. Proverbs, chapter 3. I'd like us to take a reading from verse 1. It's quite a long, ver- uh, long book to read, but I want us to follow this as we read. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. How many of us want long life, we want length of days, and we want peace? The Bible says here in this verse 1, let your heart keep my commands. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he should direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. So your bands will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. For our proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and our gain than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in our right hand. In our left, and riches and honor, our ways are ways of pleasantness, and all our paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped under dew. My son, 
Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So there will be life to you, to your soul, and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your, in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. I repeat verse 26. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. The book of Hebrews chapter 10. Read just few verses of this passage of the scripture. I'm going to take my reading from verse 35. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through to 39. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, he who is coming will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the souls. The Lord bless the reading of his word tonight in our hearts. Tonight I'm going to be sharing with us in a short while, but I'd like us to bow down our heads as we pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you because of the great privilege that you have given to us to gather together as your people. You are the Lord, we are your people. The Bible says we are the sheep of your pasture. We absolutely belong to you. We know that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. And tonight we have gathered together in your awesome presence, seeking to find food in your presence, seeking to find a word in season. Spirit of the living God, speak to our hearts tonight. We diffuse, we neutralize confusion. We decree revelation in this place. We command that every scale in our hearts and in our minds and in our eyes will fall off. That the power of God will penetrate into the very core of our lives. And that after tonight, we will cease to be the same. For as we have come into your house through the east gate, we will leave this place through the west gate. We will not ever remain the same again after tonight's meeting. For your glory will break forth in the midst of your people. Spirit of the living God, we just ask you to move sovereignly tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. And the church said amen. amen. Tonight, we're going to be sharing together on what I have titled, Cast Not Away Your Confidence. Cast not away thy confidence. Before we begin to look at the details of the passages we've read tonight, I want the church to come to terms with this very fact that the enemy has strategies. The strategies of the devil hasn't changed over many years. One of the greatest strategies of the devil that he uses against believers and those who are heaven bound, those who are walking in the divine purpose of God, is doubt. Do we remember in the book of Genesis? Chapter 2, in chapter 3, we saw how the enemy began to use schemes and ploy against Eve. The particular sentence that the devil uttered, as God said, that thou shalt not eat of the fruit of this tree. Now, all of us will remember that the very initial instruction that God gave to Adam was that of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they will not eat from it. The instruction was simple, straightforward, and deliberate. But when the serpent saw Eve, what did he do? He attempted and he succeeded in deceiving Eve by casting the shadow of doubt on what God has said, as God said. The truth about the matter is, God had said. There was no need for questioning. There was no need for negotiation. God had already informed Eve, had already informed Adam, and I believe either by second-hand information, Eve had already known that they were not supposed to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Today, the strategy hasn't changed. Many of us were coming to this place tonight. The enemy, were, I'm sure, was throwing the darts of doubts in our hearts and in our minds. Many times as believers, you're trusting the Lord through his word for your healing. You know, even though you're taking all sorts of medication, but you're trusting the Lord because well, you believe that your healing primarily comes from God, not from medication. As you're believing God, the enemy begins to throw the darts of doubts in our minds. Doubt is one of the greatest strategies that the enemy uses against believers. How many of us have, you felt something somewhere, a scratch somewhere in your body, and the enemy brings a thought to your mind and said, that's it. Ah, that's it. That's it. And then different thoughts begin to go through your mind. Begins to go through your mind. Is it this? Is it that? And then doubts begin to grip us. How many of us know that sometimes we fear what is not even real? 
Nobody has confirmed it yet. You don't even know what is going on. And you are so fear-stricken that you are almost could not eat. I've seen people under fear. They could not have their meal of something that has not been confirmed. That's what the enemy tries to do. He wants us to lose. The scripture says to us, in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1, the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. So we understand that the enemy is the, is the author of the spirit of fear. This is another strategy that the devil uses against believers. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, but of love, and of sound mind. That was his sound mind. God has given me the spirit of sound mind. My mind is sound. The enemy cannot cast a shadow of doubt over my mind. The enemy cannot hit me with the spirit of fear. The spirit that I have is the spirit of faith. The Bible tells me in the book of 2 Corinthians, for we have the spirit of faith and we speak and we believe. We got the spirit of faith, not the spirit of fear. The devil is a liar. He tries to cast the spirit of fear upon believers. But the Bible tells us, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, but of love, and of sound mind. My mind is sound. My mind is sound. My mind is sound. The enemy cannot place fear in my mind. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let me read a scripture to us tonight from the amplified version of the Bible. It says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and funny fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and disciplined and self-control. He's given me a spirit of well-balanced mind. Well-balanced mind. I cannot be depressed. My mind is sound. I have a well-balanced mind. The enemy cannot place and throw the hurdle of doubt in my heart and in my mind, for my mind is sound. Let me tell us the voices of the enemy as we read it from the scriptures. If we turn to the book of 2 Kings, let's see one of the experiences of the servant of God called Ezekiah. Let's see how the enemy uses different strategy to create fear, doubts in the hearts of God's people. But the Bible says, cast not away your confidence. Second, Second Kings chapter 18. Second Kings chapter 18. I'm just going to read one verse, a word from Rabshakeh. We remember him? Second Kings chapter 18. I'm going to read only one verse, verse 18. The Bible said, Then the Rabshakeh said unto them, Say now unto Ezekiah, 
Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria. Who is the great king? <laughs> he said, king of Assyria, what confidence is this in which you trust? Who actually are you trusting on? This is Ezekiah, the servant of God, who was the king in Israel. A battle was arranged by Sennacherib against the entire Israel. And the man stood and took the letter to God and believed God that God was going to deliver them from the hand of Sennacherib. And the man said, in whom do you think your confidence is? This is how the enemy works. It uses the weapon of fear and doubt so that we can doubt what God has said. God has spoken that they were going to win and have victory in the battle, but the enemy stood and spoke. Many times people have spoken that to us. Believers, you need to be careful what you say to other people. Don't be an instrument of fear. Don't be an agent that disseminates information that brings fear to the people of God. Don't be that. I'm trying to create one of the reasons why we're going to be sharing together tonight is the fact that we're trying to explore and examine the strategies of the enemy. Number two, there is a human nature. How many of us know that human nature is susceptible to giving up? When the battle of life is fierce, when we go through the vicissitudes of life, it's so easy to give up because that is the human nature. Human nature cannot sustain pressure. When the pressure point continues unabated, human nature caves in. Did we hear that? Human nature does what? Caves in. Because human nature generally loves to relinquish things, particularly when there is no change. And I have seen that many times, even as believers, we have accepted status quo because of the human nature. You have been going through an experience and suddenly we can no longer believe God for a change. But I have a word to you tonight from the Lord. That the Lord whom we serve, the Bible says is the same yesterday, today and forever. If he has created change in the time past, he can do it again. He would do it in your life. He would do it in your family. He would do it in the community. Whatever you call upon the Lord to do, he will bring a change. Accepting status quo. And that's one of the reasons why this song was sung, Quesera, Sera. Many of us remember that? Quesera, Sera. Quesera, Sera. Whatever will be, will be. Now, listen, whatever will be can be changed when God decides to step in into this situation. Whatever will be, will not be. I understand I'm not against those who sing, but I'm saying that when a situation continues in our lives, God can bring a change. How many of us remember the story of the woman of the issue of love for 38 years? She's been, she's been in that condition for too long. The Bible tells us that it got so bad she's been to many physicians. And many could not believe. And she had given up on herself. She had given out everything she had to pay for medication, to pay for all sorts of things that the medical doctors had given to her. But all to no avail. But one day, one day, one day, a man of Galilee was passing by. The son of David was passing by. Jesus of Nazareth was in the neighborhood. 
Jesus was passing by the street and the woman got to know that Jesus was in town. The Bible says, and the crowd gathered around Jesus. But this woman made up her mind. I have been living with this situation for 38 years. But today is the day. Today I refuse to accept status quo. A change is coming into my life. I want to believe God for something different today. This disease must be, this disease must get out of my body. This sickness must be done away with. And she stood. The Bible says she pressed through the crowd. She pressed through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. The Bible says, and virtue flowed from Jesus into her, and the disease of 38 years was broken. The hold of the enemy that had bound her for 38 years was destroyed. Do we remember the story of a man who had been standing by the water of Bethesda? This man was standing by the, by the pool of Bethesda. Everybody by the pool was always rushing into that pool. Once a year, the angels come to, to, to steer the water, and anybody who gets into the water first gets healed. This man has been laying lame by the pool. Every year, somebody got in there before he got there. Waited year after year. But one day, Jesus of Nazareth. Him who said, the Bible calls in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all them that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. The Bible says, Jesus came by. The man said, I have no one to put me here. Jesus said, you don't need that anymore. You don't need an angel to steer the water. I'm here. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm your healer. I'm your deliverer. And that day, the status quo was broken. I believe tonight, I mean, I believe that there is a status quo in our lives that God can break. There is something you keep doing over and over again. And you say, oh God, when is it going to come to an end? Oh God, I deserve better than this. Oh God, I need a change in my life. Now I'm saying to us by the Spirit of God tonight, the status quo can be broken. Again, sometime, how many of us know that it gets to a level in our lives, you've been pushing. You've been pushing. Why do we assess status quo? I want to tell us tonight. You've been pushing and pushing and pushing. It gets to a level you don't want to push anymore. I, I was opportune to, to, to see this in women where, you know, my wife was about to give birth to one of our babies. And, you, you know, I can't push anymore. The doctor said, no, you got to push. You got to push this last one. You got to do this one more time. Push and push. No, I can't do it anymore. Oh, you got to push. Hallelujah. Some of us are here tonight. You say, oh, God, I can't do it anymore. No, you got to push. Push one more time. I'm willing to push. I'm willing to push. Mothers know what I'm talking about. The baby is close, close to birth. When the baby is close to birth, it's like, at least I got to know this, it's like your life was almost coming to an end. And the doctor said, well, put all your strength together. Gather yourself. Put yourself together. This last time, you've got to push this. As you push, the baby is going to come out. Unwilling to push. That happens to all of us when it appears we cannot push anymore. But you know what I noticed? When the baby is close to birth, it's as though we cannot push anymore. We want to give up. But tonight I have a word from you. Cast not away your confidence. Do not give up on your confidence. For this push 
will release the baby that you have been waiting for. For this push will release the baby you've been waiting for. In the name of Jesus. Again, I noticed that in the human nature, we listen to the voice of the enemy. The voice of defeat. Many times. And there are many voices in the world, the Bible says. Many voices. There are many voices. The enemy speaks and speaks and speaks and speaks. And God wants us to be able to understand that the enemy is not your lover. He hates you. He's an arch enemy, the Bible says. But the reasons we're sharing together tonight is that finishing, finishing whatever you have begun comes by determination. How many of us know that any fool can start anything? Hallelujah. Any fool can start anything. Finishing is rare. Finishing is rare. We must understand that it takes confident assurance in the Lord to finish whatever we have begun. Jesus said, he that endured to the end shall be saved. That's what the scripture says. He who endures to the end shall be saved. Let's turn our Bibles again tonight to that same Hebrews chapter 10. Why is it that we do not need to cast away our confidence? Because there is something that you have begun. You've got to finish. Why is it that we do not cast away? We should not cast away our confidence. It's because I know that it's the strategy of the enemy wanting us to begin and not to finish well. It is the strategy of the enemy to cast doubt and fears in our hearts. Another one that I discovered, very importantly, that we need not to cast, our, you know, cast away our confidence is that I noticed that desensitization usually comes through wrong information. I'm going to give us an example. How many of us remember in the book of Joshua, you know, the Gibeonites came one day and they brought wrong information. They said, you know, we're coming from far countries. They knew that God was with Israel. And they told Joshua and the leaders that were from a far country. They brought bread that were already had having, you know, that, that were already that had molds. And they were wearing clothes that were already rags. Presenting lies as truth. And somehow, Joshua, without asking the Lord, believed them. And made covenant with these people. Which eventually boomerang. Because that's what the enemy tries to do. Bring wrong information. Desensitize us. Bring deception and lies. Presenting them as truth. But God wants us to know tonight. We cannot afford to take that from the enemy. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 35. Therefore do not cast away your confidence. I love this. Do not cast away. Ever said do not cast away. Do not abandon. Do not give up on your confidence. Do not leave aside your confidence. What does the Amplified Bible call that? I'm going to read from the book of Hebrews. That same chapter 10, verse 35. This is what the book of Hebrews 10, 35 in Amplified Version says. Do not therefore fling away 
your fearless confidence. Ever say fearless. Do not fling away your fearless confidence. There is a confidence that we have. The Bible said, do not fling it away. It is so easy. Listen, church. It is so easy. The reason why this instruction is coming, if you read the preceding verses, is because it's easy to fling away. It is easy to cast away. It is easy to abandon our confidence in God. That's why we read the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord. The Bible says with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Because it is easy to lean on our understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Put your confidence in God. Once your confidence is established and settled, don't allow it to be don't allow it to be uprooted, don't allow it to be cast away. Because what the enemy tries to do is to cast away our confidence. You know what happens? When a man's confidence is cast away, he becomes unstable. When a man's confidence is, is removed, he becomes he becomes vulnerable. When a man's confidence is removed, he becomes an object of attack and he becomes a victim. But that's not God's plan for our lives. God wants us to remain confident in his will, confident in his promises, confident in his word, confident in his plan, confident in his purpose, confident in his eternal plan and program for our lives. God wants us to remain confident. Now, what is confidence? Uh, three definitions for us tonight. Confidence is not a fatal belief in what is useless, but a concrete, unshaking rest and trust in the living God. I'll say it again. Confidence is not a fatal belief in what is useless or baseless. But a concrete, unshaking rest and trust in the living God. Number two, confidence is the quality or state of being certain. Hallelujah. Confidence is when we reach a state of being certain. It is called certitude. Certitude. When, when you become certain, when you become stable, when you become sure, absolutely sure, this is God. And I'm going to stay put with him. Number three. Confidence is a state of absolute trust in a person having developed a relationship with them, knowing what they are capable of doing. I'll repeat myself. A state of absolute trust in a person having developed a relationship with them, knowing what they are capable of doing. How many of us have developed a relationship with God and you're, you know what he's capable of doing? Let me quickly give us a few scriptures in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 4. The Bible says, and we have confidence in the Lord, touching you, this is Paul's writing to this church, that you both do and we do the things we command you to do. We have confidence in the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, the scripture says, 
But Christ has a son over his house, whose house we are, for a testimony. If we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of our soul. Hebrews 3.14 For we are partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast in the end, to the end. For we are partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast. It says hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. How many of us know today we're living in the last days? And the Bible tells us there are certain prophecies of the last days that are very dangerous prophecies. The Bible says that the hearts of many will fail them for fear in the last days. The Bible says that many shall be deceived. Even the very elect shall be deceived. Because the confident life, the confidence of many will be uprooted because they have lost the focus of where they began from. The Bible says, all it tenaciously. The Bible says in Psalm 65 verse 5, by terrible things in righteousness. He ended it by saying, who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth? He was talking about God. He said, God is the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are far off Upon the, you know, upon the sea. Psalm 118 verse 8. This is what was said by the psalmist. It is better, I want us to listen to this, to trust in the Lord than, put, than to put confidence in man. Hallelujah. He says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. He went further in verse 9. He said it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Let me quickly spend some time there. How many of us know that it's so easy for us to put confidence in men? The Bible went further and said, uh, even further than that, there are many of us who can put confidence in princes. The princes means people who have positions in life. We can put our confidence in The Bible says, don't put confidence in any of those. Let your trust, let your confidence be in God, the living God. Proverbs 14, 26, it says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Let me spend some time in Isaiah chapter 30. Many of us will remember this scripture, verse 15. It says, For thou saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. Do you see that? In returning and what? And rest shall you be saved. He said, In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. It says in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Church, listen to me tonight. The strength of a believer is in how much you can trust God. When life throws that at you, where is your confidence? When situation becomes contrary in life, where is your hope? In whom do you trust? In whom do we put our trust? And the truth about the matter tonight, those who are old enough will understand with me that in life, we're going to have issues. 
what would determine what will out, what will last in our lives is what have we concluded today? In whom is my confidence? It's so easy to trust God when you have plenty. How many of us can trust God when there is nothing? The Bible says, in quietness, in confidence, shall be your strength, and you will not. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Our confidence is not in the flesh. Our confidence is in God. I told us before, what is confidence? It is a quality or state of being certain. You get to a level in your work and in your relationship with God, you just have this resolved position. In you, Lord God, I put my trust. I remember the songwriter some years ago, Unto thee, O Lord, do I put all my trust unto thee, O Lord. Hallelujah. I, I can't remember fully anymore. Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. In thee, O God, I put my trust. How many of us remember David? David was a man who, who life was treated unfairly. But the man's confidence was not in man. His confidence was not in his parents. His confidence was not in what he had. His confidence was in his knowledge of God. Where is your confidence, church? Some of us have put confidence in the things we can see. The things we can see will not last, church. They will not last. Many have trusted in wealth. And it's okay to be rich. God wants us well. But you see, those things don't last. You cannot afford to put your confidence and your trust in none of those. Because... You cannot sustain a relationship with God by putting trust in the things you can see. God wants us to know as a believer tonight, where is your confidence? I mentioned here, Christian life is nothing but a walk in confidence. We came to the Lord by faith. Whatever you can see and assess does not need faith. We came to the Lord believing him. We came by faith, faith will sustain us. We came to God, we believe in the invisible reality of a God who loves us. That's how we came here. We believe what? In the invisible reality. Those, those two words sound very contradictory. Invisible yet reality. The invisible reality of the, of the God who loves us. It's a reality. That's what the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Through faith. The Bible says, you know, faith is a, is a substance of things offered. The evidence of things not seen is a substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. So we believe in invisible reality. Some of us are here tonight. Your heart quakes anytime you remember certain issues in your life. Put your confidence in God. You're going through crisis in life. Put your confidence in God. 
Let's quickly examine scriptures tonight before I close on some of the areas the Bible says we should put our confidence. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let's turn our Bible to the book of 1 John chapter 5. Let's see what the scripture says in verse 14. 1 John chapter 5. What does the scripture say in verse 14? 1 John chapter 5. In verse 14. Now, this is the confidence. Let us say confidence. That we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Everyone in the house, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. If we ask anything, if we ask anything, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Believers, God is sent to you tonight. Put your confidence when you pray. Hallelujah. When you pray, you must understand this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, as long as your prayer is according to the will of God, you can bet it that God will hear you. That God will bring a solution and God will answer your prayers if your confidence is in him. How many of us remember the woman called Anna? Anna came to Sheila one day. She was a mad woman of so much pain. But she believed, if I can just pray, if I can just find a place on my knee and call upon the name of God, I believe him that he will answer all of my prayers. And I went before God in a silent prayer. Her lips were moving. No one knew what she was saying. But she was putting her trust and her confidence in God. Don't forget at this time that the other woman, Penina, was already beginning to talk and begin to mock her. But she believed God. She believed that God still answers prayer. She believed that God can hear a silent cry. Some of us are here tonight. You are calling upon the Lord in your secret places. God still hears your secret cries. God still hears. You know what? What seems quiet and silent to others is so loud before God. And all hears, God is all hears to the hear and the cry of the righteous. God can answer prayer. God can answer our quiet desires. God understands and hears. I love Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. The Bible said now unto him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, Above all that we can ask, he's able to do above all that we can ask or think. I love that. He says, all that we can ask or think. Ask or think. Ask or think. Even what beyond what you can think, he understands it. I met a sister this week. She's been trusting a lot and praying and, you know, and she said to me, you know, the Lord spoke to me. She said, one day, you will lift up your eyes and you will see your request coming to you. And you know what? She came to me this week and said, I, I, I said, I went to a restaurant and I lifted up my eyes exactly the way God the Lord said it. That's exactly the way it was done. You look, listen, God can answer prayers for those who depend on The book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 23. Mark 11, 23. What does it say? Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. 
Hallelujah to Jesus. This is what Mark chapter 11 verse 23 says. It says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, it will have whatever he says. Hallelujah. If we have what? Whatever he says. Verse 24. Therefore I said to you, whatever you ask, thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let your confidence be in him when you pray. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. Believers tonight, what do I expect us this week to begin to spend time with God in prayer? And say, Lord, I have confidence that when I call upon you, you will answer me. Lord, it might be a difficult situation, it might be impossible to man. As a matter of what the scripture says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. The book of Jeremiah, the Bible says, is there anything too hard for me? Nothing is too hard for the God we serve. Let your confidence be in God as you pray. I don't know what the needs of your life is. Hallelujah. Many times we have needs in our lives and we go to men and we ask them for help. And days and years after, they'll begin to talk about it. Instead of going before the Lord, the God we serve will make a way where there seems to be no way. I believe that God wants to make a way for us if we can learn to call upon the Lord. I believe tonight that God wants us to call upon Him. God wants us to believe Him. God wants us to trust Him. God wants us to put our confidence as we pray that God is the God who answers prayer. James chapter 5 verse 17. That's where I'm going to close tonight. I'm going to continue from here next time with me. James chapter 5 verse 17. James 5 17. What does it say in James chapter 5 verse 17? It says, And Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. The earth produced its fruit. I love it in King James Version. It says, Elijah was a man of like passions like we have. How many of us know tonight that we, also, we have weaknesses and about Elijah also had weaknesses. But he prayed. He called upon God. And God answered his prayer. Confidence in prayer. Confidence. Certitude. Absolute assurance. Know what God is capable of doing. When we call upon him, as long as according to his will, he will answer that prayer. Tonight, if you have needs in your life, call upon him. You have issues that you're dealing with, call upon him. Hallelujah. Let's rise up together tonight as we say, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will. He will. He will. Where is your confidence? Amen. In things. Now, our confidence must be in the living God, the giver of life, the giver of grace. I'm just going to sing from here. Hallelujah.
make a way where there seems to be no way. He walks in ways we cannot see. He will make a to pray tonight. This prayer is going to go this way. Lord, I belong to you. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Without you, I can do nothing. Therefore, tonight, I put my absolute trust in you from tonight. Sometimes we trust God with our lips, but we do not trust him with our hearts. I want us to pray to my Lord, teach me how to trust you. Teach me how to put confidence in you. Teach me how to depend absolutely on you. Teach me how to walk with you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, can we begin to pray tonight? Teach me to trust you. Teach me to depend on you. Teach me to put my hope and my trust in you. In the name of Jesus. Father of light tonight, I'm your daughter, I'm your son. Lord, I commend myself to you tonight. Teach me the path of confidence. Teach me the path of trust, of depending on you, of holding on to you. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. Teach me to depend on you. Teach me to rely on you. Lord, that I may lean upon the everlasting arm. God will never fail. God who is faithful. God who is dependable. God who is kind. A God who cares. A God who reigns and rules in the kingdoms and the affairs of men. A God who cares for me. Lord, there is no care of men that can be compared to your love and your care for me. There is no power on earth that can cater for me like you would do. Father, I depend on you today. I depend on your grace in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. We're going to pray the second prayer. Lord, deliver my soul. Deliver my heart from doubts and fears. When the enemy comes knocking, throwing doubts or fears and doubts in my heart, Lord, deliver me. Lord, Lord, immune my heart against every spirit of doubt that makes me doubt your word, your truth, your counsel. That makes me doubt that whatever I ask, oh God, even though it's according to your will, yet I cannot believe you. The Bible says, when, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, if you doubt not in your heart, I want us to begin to pray, Lord, Lord, let my heart be insulated against every form of doubt and fear. In the name of Jesus. Insulate my heart, oh God. Insulate my heart. Protect my heart, oh God. Because I know you have given me the spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Father, we thank you tonight. The Bible says, cast not away your confidence. Lord, we're just beginning tonight to begin to unfold. What does it mean to have confidence in God? To have confidence is to be in a state of certainty, certitude. To have confidence in you is to know that, when, to know what you are capable of doing. Regardless of the hearts of life. Tonight, we're also not ignorant of the satanic strategies. These are things that have kept us away from the inheritance that you have prepared for us. These are things that have held us back from the treasures of the kingdom. Fears, doubts. These things come by the voice of the enemy. Speaking into our ears. Making us to doubt your love for us. Making us to doubt your plan for us. Making us to doubt your desire to bring us into a place of total comfort in life. Father, tonight we receive grace. We receive grace. We receive divine insulation against every spirit of doubt and fear. In the name of Jesus, you've shown us just one tonight of the ways in which you can walk in confidence. Confidence in prayer. Lord, let this week be a week of prayer for all of us. A week to call upon you. A week to seek your face. A week to call upon you. A week to bring our request before you. Because when we pray the Bible, says, this is the confidence that we have in him. We present our hearts to you. May our heart trust in you. May our heart trust, may our heart trust as we present, Lord, our request before you. The Bible says, be careful for nothing. 
For in everything with prayers, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your heart and mind. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you glory and honor tonight. This is the week of confidence, our Father. We're walking into our offices with confidence. We're walking into our places of work with confidence. We're walking into our homes with confidence. Lord, whatever we do this week, we're walking in confidence. The Bible said the righteous are bold as loyal. The wicked flee when no man pursue it. We thank you, Father. We give you glory tonight. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.